I don't know how I know, I just know. To Supernormalize, the podcast where we challenge the conventional, break boundaries, and normalize the supernatural. Join me, CJ, as we explore the uncharted realms of existence and unravel the mysteries of our universe. If you have an unusual knowledge or a unique story you'd like to share, reach out to me at supernormalized at proton.me. Let's make the supernatural the new normal. On Supernormalize today, you'll have the pleasure to meet Isabeau Bo Maxwell, a dedicated individual who has been guiding students worldwide in unlocking their psychic and mediumship abilities. With her wealth of channeled wisdom and personal experiences, Isabeau brings a unique perspective to the realm of spirituality. For more than 15 years, she has empowered countless individuals to tap into their innate intuitive gifts. Isabeau is not only a visionary behind the acclaimed intuitive development course named The Sage Method, but also an accomplished author of the best-selling book, Cracking Open, The Adventures of a Reluctant Medium. Additionally, she has established a thriving online community known as the Sage Circle. Prepare to embark on a transformative journey with Isabeau Maxwell as she helps to connect you with your authentic, natural, intuitive potential. Before we begin, I'd like to express my appreciation. If you're enjoying this audio journey with me and would like to support Supernormalize, I kindly ask for your assistance in reaching more curious minds like yours. I personally invite you to open your podcast app right now and uh, give us a five-star rating. By doing so, it helps the algorithms tell everyone that this is a conversation worth sharing. Thank you for your support. Now on with the show. Welcome to the show, Isabeau. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Do you prefer Isabeau or Bo? Uh, I, I think I'm used to Bo. Okay. So, Bo, yeah, it's it's just, it's short, it's quick, it's easy. It's been my nickname for a long time. <laughs> okay. So welcome to the show, Bo. <laughs> Thank you. So I, I, I'm really like puzzled by because i read i read all of the information around you and you said that you like the reluctant medium obviously there's a big story behind that when 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 did you actually start to notice that you had a mediumship ability and um was it dragging you along saying here do this or is it something that you were that you stumbled into or how did that play out it was kind of like it kicked me off the side of a cliff oh. and i went what What's going on <laughs> so my reluctancy was trying to figure out how to you know fall off a cliff um <laughs> gracefully <laughs> and gracefully exactly <laughs> and how to not uh, do that so it's it's very interesting i today if i now understand why it all happened but 20 years ago if you said this is what's going to be coming up i would have laughed at your idea yeah, it's right. just it wasn't even in the realm of my existence. So the the short of it was that I was 32 years old. And at that point, I was a complete skeptic. I wasn't an active skeptic. I wasn't actively trying to prove anyone wrong. Mm. I just had no time or interest for religion, spirituality, anything that wasn't science oriented to kind of give yeah. you an idea 
I have a degree from university, from college in mathematics. Like that's that, I mean, just to give you a feel for who I am, type A, Taurus, stubborn yet driven, right? And one plus one had to equal two. That was my world. I was 32 years old. My grandmother, who was in essence, you know, my maternal, the maternal figure in my life, uh, passed away. And we were a couple thousand miles apart. I had seen her in in hospice, but I wasn't able to fly. I wasn't able to afford to stay there. Uh, So I had to be home. And I was on the phone with family in those last moments. I was so grateful to at least be on the phone with them. And she passed. I came out. I told my family we were all expecting this. My uh, husband at the time took the kids to the grocery store to get chocolate and wine. I was like, that is just so sweet. Thank you so much. But I was home alone. And I'm going to guess that it was about 30 minutes to an hour after her passing. Uh, It was the middle of the day, home alone, standing in the living room, trying to figure out, do I fall apart or do I get a plane ticket? Like, what do I do Mm -hmm. right now? And uh, she showed up in my living room. And... I would love to tell you that it was a hallmark moment. It was not. It oh. was, uh, uh, she was approximately, because I get a lot of these questions. And so over the years, you learn like what people are curious about. She was approximately 70% solid. Okay. So she was just transparent enough that that it was shocking to me, but she was solid enough. And she was also mm. directly in front of me, not out, out of the corner of my eye, which is a very common experience. She, it was point blank, 10 feet in front of me. She looked me right in the eyes, winked, smiled, and left. And uh, I panicked. I was frightened. And then once she left, she was there maybe two seconds. Yeah. She left. And I, I immediately thought, if that was really you, I remember yelling, don't do that again. Like I was in such a state of fright. And then after she left, I went, well, wait a minute. What if that was her? And my grief was so strong that that I I allowed myself to just, okay, maybe it's possible. Maybe it's possible. And it was grief driven. Yes. And I reached out to the only person I knew in the spiritual world, which I knew through business channels. He was a Tai Chi instructor, really good man. And I said, hey, you're the weirdest guy I know. Can you help me? And he, right. And instead of judging me for that, he yeah. was very sweet and he lovingly helped me. So that was the beginning. That mm-hmm. was, and after it would took me a few months of communicating yes and no questions with her, because I didn't see her again right away visually, uh, to get enough proof that I never looked back. And that's what I needed and I got it. And now here I am today. So it basically shattered your worldview around these things rather immediately completely changed it completely mm, changed it. Mm. people talk about skeptics and um oh, how do you change a skeptic you don't you let the skeptic have the life that they're having and at some point when they are interested in shifting their point of view or perspective then then you support them through that but when i went from that isn't real to that is real a lot of things happen and i actually ended up connecting with a therapist as well to just try to balance through it. Because Mm -hmm. when you 
realize there's more in the room than what you thought was in the room before, that's a little, <laughs> that'll shift your reality a little bit. Yeah, we're basically swimming in spirits all the time, but uh, whether we actually recognize that or not is another thing. Yes. And so somebody with a lifetime of, oh, I'm the only one in the room to all of a sudden, wait a minute, I don't know what's in the room. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it can be a little, uh, a little unnerving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, how long ago was that now? That was so I was 32 and I'm 50 today. So yes. 18 years. So it was what, 18, 18 years. years. Okay. So then it progressed from there into um, what sort of work were you doing with it? I mean, obviously, it, it must have picked you up by the collar and said, we got to do some stuff. So how'd that play it out for you? I well, I thought that this was just going to be this really great one-on-one, -on -one, like, yay, I have communication with my grandma, I'm never going to lose her kind of thing. Mm. And um, I was very naive. I didn't know a lot. Um, and I saw another spirit. And I started communicating with that spirit. And turns out that spirit was uh, what I would call a teaching guide. And first off, taught me that there were guides. That was a great thing to learn there. Um, and <laughs> he taught me most everything I know today. And he still is with me off and on to teach me different things. And uh, it was, he was the one that said, you're going to need to go out there and do some work. And then I started mm -hmm. to see more spirits, you know, and different things happened around friends and stuff. And I realized, okay, I, maybe I should do something with this. So I became a professional medium, did readings. I did readings for a number of years. Um, and it was that guide that taught me so much in a two-year span. And it was after that period of time that he said, can you go back and take everything that I taught you and put it together and bring it out into the world? And, and right. I was like, well, why? Yeah, I didn't see that coming. Mm. And he said, because if you can do this, anyone can. That's why you're doing this. Ah. And I was like, oh, you took the thickest headed most stubborn <laughs> driven person and open them wide up into where now I live pretty much a completely spiritually based life. And okay. I see what you did there. That was cute. So that was yeah. how the sage came around is it's, it's, it made sense to me because I went out and took some psychic classes as well from living people. And um, while the classes were great and fun, they were missing some components that they didn't really advance me with being able to access my intuition because they were missing some components. So that made sense when, when I put it all together, I went, okay, yeah, this is the kind of course that if I can do it, you can do it. Mm -hmm. So before you came to this realm, you were probably looking through the travel brochure and went, well, that's a good one. <laughs> you chose this life. Yeah, I want the life that's completely, the first half is completely different from the second one. Yeah, that's what I want. <laughs> so um, with all of this understanding of the spirit world and connection to spirits, how, how has that changed your faith? Do you have faith or did you develop any faith around that? Uh, I did develop faith. Uh, mm. Faith and trust in something that wasn't me. And that yeah. was that was a big one for okay. me because everything in my life uh, I believed was reliant on me, and that and it I realized how alone I was. I realized how materialistic I was. I realized how um, 
how closed off I was from seeing other people in the world. Mm. And walking down this path is really kind of the beginning of a, a life of compassion and a life of real actual enjoyment. I guess that's what I would say is what's one thing you really took away from the transition from where you were to where you are today. I actually enjoy my life now. I didn't even realize how much I didn't enjoy it. Mm. Now I actually really am excited for my life, if that mm. makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds like you became more engaged in life by uh, expanding your worldview. Yeah, it's like it's like you wake up and you say, I'm in it. Yeah. And when you realize what you're in and all the possibilities that are there, it, it gets really exciting. Mm -hmm. So you've actually found a way to discern the difference between, between intuition and imagination. How can you tell the difference? That is the best, one of the biggest obstacles for people. Yeah. I think all of your listeners at some point have probably said, like, did I make that up? Was that me? Like, was that my big thing is to um, identify the difference between the two. It's, it's when you put a, not even a label, but when you identify two different things, you kind of separate them out just enough that you can start recognizing them better. Yes. And for me, the difference would be push and pull. When we recognize oh. that imagination is a push, intuition is a pull. When we see that, then we can have a moment happen and then stop and look at that moment and say, was there a push to it? Was there a pull to it? Mm. Did I engage this by already thinking about it? Or did this surprise me? Uh, also, people can kind of reset if they have an experience, they see something out of the corner of their eye or a thought bubbles up and then the person calls or some sort of intuitive type experience happens and they think, did I make that up? People also need permission to be able to reset and sit with it again and allow it to happen again. Mm. If it comes to you again, if it pulls you somewhere else, then it's intuition. Whereas if you're, you start to learn when you, when you're kind of pushing it and forcing it. Mm -hmm. So you learn like a fine tuned version of discernment there. It is. It's a, it's a discernment. And I think that the beauty of being able to, to create that discernment is just having words. And mm. so start with the words, push or pull. Was I pushing? Was I pulled? Mm. And you'll start to feel it. You'll start to engage. I have a lot of individuals that come through um, the program in the community who have the very common saying of, I don't know how I know. I just know. Uh, yeah, that's a very common statement. Yeah. It's so common. And yeah. I love it because if anyone has judgment on that, I want them to kind of put the judgment to the side because what you just said to me is yeah. I am intuitive. That's right. I don't that's... know how I know. I just know that that is literally you saying I'm intuitive. Yeah. And so when people say that to me, I'll, I tell them, okay, when you have a moment where you don't know how you know, you just know, I want you to just get quiet for 10 seconds and revisit the moment because intuition uses your five senses. So the sixth sense uses the other five senses. It uses the nervous system. And when somebody says, I don't know how I knew, I just knew it did use one of your five senses, 
but it's so far in the distance for you that it hasn't come to the forefront. You ha- you don't have that awareness yet. Intuition, what this means is that intuition is flowing through you like you're breathing. You don't recognize that you're breathing. You just are. Mm. And that's that's what that statement is. So when you stop, give yourself 10 seconds, revisit the moment that you quote just knew. Mm. Revisit that moment and look for one of the five senses. Just allow yourself to see if one of the five senses spoke. That's when people start to catch it. And they'll say, you know what? Bo, you're right. I did. I think I saw a flash of a truck or I saw a flash of a word. And it's not until we give ourselves that 10 seconds to revisit it that we start to see which of the five senses is actually causing this to happen for us. Mm-hmm. Within that space, it, it allows that uh, spirit yeah. or um, understanding or that connection to speak one more time so you can hear it more clearly. Yeah, because your intuition will do that for you. It'll mm. say, oh, you want you want me to repeat that? Absolutely. Yeah. And it will. It will repeat it for you. <laughs> uh, and our guides, our loved ones, source, our intuition wants us to receive the messages. It helps with the whole process if we are aware. If we're aware, the whole process is a little smoother. Mm. And so it wants that for us. So when we ask for it, we will receive it. Yeah, yeah. So what are the things that actually block your intuition? Chaos, clutter, uh, clutter, clutter, clutter. So I use a general umbrella of clutter. Okay. And under that general umbrella of clutter would be emotional clutter, environmental clutter, uh, mental clutter, things like this. Anything that fills up the brain. The analogy, which is a little bit corny, but it's one of my favorite analogies, is if every item in your life, everything that has that is left unspoken, every argument, every disagreement, every to-do item in your house, the painting that has the broken frame, if each and every one of these things is a hamster running on a hamster wheel in your mind, my question is how many hamsters on hamster wheels are in your mind? How busy is that environment? And now we're asking our intuition to flow through that. So clutter, clutter, clutter. And this is the part that can be tough for a lot of us. This is part of the reason why I had a therapist in the first two years is that a lot of this clutter involves inner work. We need to do the inner work to clear the clutter. We, you know, it's just part of the process. And this is the biggest piece that I've found a lot of courses don't teach is really the inner work and soothing the mind. When we soothe that mind, that's when we can get, that's when we can feel the intuition more clearly. Mm-hmm. And do you have any um, techniques that are very basic and simple techniques that um, are a start to that sort of process besides removing the clutter? I mean, is there ways to remove the clutter that's that are person can do in their everyday i wish that we could just remove the clutter without the inner work wouldn't that be fun like i don't want to go through any of the stress or any of the thought process around that old thing that happens or the old pattern that i do i don't want to like shift into a new habit right i wish i could do that i think that the two things that are the most impactful for people immediately number one is is understanding that you do not have to have a completely decluttered life to be intuitive. It doesn't have to be fixed. Your house doesn't have to be perfectly in order. Your relationships don't have to be perfectly in order. When I say declutter, I mean 
be in the act of decluttering. If you are actively working toward improvement and balance, Mm -hmm. your intuition will be wide open, wide open. It's not an end goal. It's an activity. It's an activity. It's a state of being. If you're in a state of being of working at the pace that you can work at to do the inner work and the balancing and the decluttering, Mm -hmm. your intuition will be 100% wide open. So it's not, it's not an end result. It's a shifting into really self-care, which mm. which is hard for so many of us, isn't it? Yeah. It's it is, it's it's because that self-care opens you up to self-awareness. When you open to self-awareness, that's when you feel, see, and hear your intuition. It's mm. when we're numb to that, it's when we're we clutter so we can become numb that we can't feel it. That's the first thing I tell people is let yourself off the hook right now. <laughs> Just get into the mind frame and the pattern of self-care and your intuition is going to open up. The other thing that I tell people is to take care of your energetic body. When you recognize and take care of your energetic body, absolute game changer, huge. And it takes 10 seconds once a day to do this. It's just a mental practice of grounding, clearing, and protecting. Ground yourself to to Mother Earth. Just imagine your feet in the dirt. Clear out what you don't need. Just imagine all the energy that's not yours that you don't need washing away or wind blowing through you. Just imagine something, getting rid of all the junk you don't need emotionally. And then protecting like putting imagine a bubble going around yourself that's kind of like a filtration bubble like a protective bubble that doesn't let in what you're not supposed to carry people who are very sensitive and caring and compassionate automatically kind of grab on other energies around them and then we wonder why we can't fall asleep at night why we can't you know why we're stressed out about somebody else's issues instead of why we can't focus on ourselves because people say oh self-care oh that's great both things yeah i'll get to that when i can i have to solve these other six people's problems first and that's the compassionate caring person's pattern Mm. so when you acknowledge that you have an energetic body right? Reiki practitioners, meditation, all of this taps into this energetic body. And when you start to recognize it and take care of it once a day, grounding it, clearing it out, protecting it, it's an absolute game changer. You have clarity, unlike what you normally have. I tell people, try it for a week, see what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've actually got a lot of feedback then from your students and uh, practitioners of your methods. Um, and yeah. um, they've been um, given advantages. What what sort of changes do they see in their lives once they start really tuning into their intuition? Well, do you want the really funny ones or the or the standard ones? <laughs> we can go through both if you like. <laughs> I, some of the fun ones are uh, when people start doing GCP for themselves, and some people also do GCP, the ground clear protect that I talked about. Some people also do that for like their home, you know, environment, things like this. Uh, they start to see that the negative people in their lives don't call as often, don't stop yes. by as often, don't pester you as often. And I have a lot of students that come back to me and go, why? Why all of a sudden are the negative people in my office not bugging me anymore? They they start bugging other people. And I'm like, because like attracts like. 
Yes. And when you're clearing out that energetic body, you let go of the complaints that they gave you yesterday. So you didn't carry them into work the next day. Mm. And they're no longer magnetically drawn to you. So some of the quirky things that happen when we, when we take care of our energetic body are, you know, the negative people that tend to be drawn to you to just dump on you. Yeah, that slows down. Um, Another kind of quirky thing that happens when you start to get that care of that energetic body is you start to respond instead of react. And this one fascinates me because Think of your energetic body like a a bubble that you're in, right? It it expands outside your physical body. Mm. When, for example, I would never wish this on somebody, but when a person, for example, yells at you, the energy of that anger is going to hit and implant into your energy body before your ears ever hear the words. Everything in this existence happens energetically before it happens physically. And so this is why. You can walk into a room and you're like, ooh, someone in here is mad. I can feel it. But we don't acknowledge that we're feeling that. Hmm. So when we start doing this, we are going to shift. And this happened big time for me because, like I said, I'm a bit of a stubborn Taurus, right? So this happened big time for me. People would come up to have like a reaction of some sort. And I found I wasn't instantly getting pulled into it. Like I wasn't instantly pulled into wanting to react back. It almost started turning into where I was like watching a television show. I was like, this is interesting. Like I'm not, yeah, right. You usually get sucked right into it. That's right. You step back. (laughs) Yeah. And then you have to like count to 10 and you got to do all this. But I started Mm. to find that once I started doing GCP, the energy that wasn't supposed to affect me didn't because I was setting that intent. I was almost taking control of my own emotional space, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah, creating boundaries. I created a boundary. And so yeah. I'd go out in public and somebody would do something and I'd be like, wow, that didn't trigger me. That's interesting. And yeah. so <laughs> that's, that's some of the quirky stuff that happens. But one of the things that's pretty standard that happens that a lot of people are going to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm aware of that. Manifesting becomes easier. What you mm-hmm. want, you bring about faster because what's in your energetic space is what you bring more of into your life. And it's a magnetic thing. So if you're cleaning out that space and getting rid of the junk that doesn't matter and then filling it with what you like, you're going to get more and more and more of what you like. Mm. Can I tell you a really fun example? We were uh, of manifesting and and how well this works once you've done it for some time. We were RVing. And we were driving from one RV park to the next. And in that road trip, I said to my partner, I've seen this new thing where people throw axe at axes at, at bullseyes in these bars. It's like an axe throwing bar. And I'm like, that yeah. sounds great. I've never thrown an axe. Can we find one of those? He was like, yeah, let's do it. All right, great. And that's it. I put that statement into my energetic body, set the intention of just being like, I'm going to find one of those. That's what I want to do. We land at the next place and the next place happened to be a town fair ground. And we went to bed, woke up the next morning. My partner comes in. We're literally in an RV in the middle of a town park, right? (laughs) And my partner comes in and says, guess what? The farmer's market came. And all I could think, because it's morning, I'm like, great, go get some vegetables. Like, why are you telling me this? 
And he said, no, 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 you got to get up because at the farmer's market here in the park that we're staying at that just showed up, there's a mobile axe throwing unit. And I was like, are you kidding? He goes, he goes no. And I was like, sweet. So I put on, <laughs> put on my boots and grabbed a cup of coffee and went out and threw axes. That's, that's what life is can can potentially be like is it just starts to become a little bit more of a flow like a river yeah i was gonna say it sounds like a flow it's a flow Mm -hmm. and you step into it and then you start influencing it and uh yeah changing the probability more in your in your favor which is a is a yes exactly that's the best way to say it changing the probability more into your favor that's exactly what it is yeah 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 so can everyone actually access strong intuition yes every single person it is uh it's very natural like ridiculously natural uh think about kids that are open that like look at the corner of a room and start giggling at something Mm. that you can't see uh it's really naturally open and what happens is kids come into this world very open to their sixth sense it's they're open to their sixth sense just as much as they are the other five yes and then they go through the teen years which as we all remember was absolutely fabulous and very cluttering okay (laughs) and then we go through our 20s still very cluttered and eventually we start to declutter as well but it is it's it's an absolutely natural part of everyone's existence and everyone can get very accurate and very strong information one downfall that's happened for us recently and this is kind of globally is that it has become put into a category of a gift or something special we see like a famous person on television who and then we think we can't do that because mm. They're special. They have a gift. And uh, I learned very clearly that, again, if I can do it, anyone can do it. And now I've been teaching, at this point, tens of thousands of people globally. And seriously, yes, it's it's not a special thing for one particular person. Well, then why is this famous person on TV and they're so good at it? That's their calling. Mm. Part of their job here is to show us that this exists and that's what they do every single day and they focus yeah. on it. So, but that doesn't mean that that your typical person who's not on television can't also have that kind of connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think all these um, abilities are natural to us, yet we just seem to put masks over them as we grow up and our parents say, oh, yeah, that's interesting, but they don't actually encourage it. So, <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, yeah. we put masks on as we grow up. Yes. Yeah, yeah, but they come off over time too, and um, as you found that uh, it's, it's to great benefit of yourself and others now, which is really good. Mm-hmm. It's a great benefit, and you feel less alone. Mm. You know, I was just talking to a friend uh, again on that same RV trip. We had a larger RV. Uh, it was a very heavy RV because it was bigger in size. So it was a twenty thousand pound RV. We were driving, and um, the truck flashed a notification to say that the RV and the truck were no longer connected on the freeway, going like seventy miles an hour. And that's scary because what that means is that we can't use the brakes to this twenty thousand pound piece of equipment any longer. So he slowed down, pulled over. We checked it. We just figured let's just get to the next campground. This is where intuition comes in. And this is where guide communication and trust and knowing you're not alone. 
when we were pulled over the side of the road and I'm thinking, all right, we're going to get back on the freeway with a 20,000 pound piece of equipment with no brakes. I said, that's where you say to your guides, are we okay? And my guide said, yes, you're okay. And I said, what is it you want me to know? Let me tell you that question, write that down, put it on your bathroom mirror. What is it you want me to know? You'll get so much from your intuition with that one question better than anything else you could ask your intuition. So I said to my guide, what is it you want me to know? Mm. And he said, um, look into the brakes. I will send somebody with information. Thank you. I get back in my truck. Now, see, yeah. if I tell people this on a regular day-to-day basis, they're going to be like, you're crazy. But follow <laughs> me to the campground. Follow me to the resort. Because we get to the resort. We set up. It's like four or five hours later. Yeah. And a couple walks by and says, check it out. You have the exact same RV we do. And the guy instantly said to us, have you had any brake problems? And we said, yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, we just did earlier today for the first time. And he goes, oh, okay, listen, I've done all the research. We did the upgrades on our brakes. This is who you contact. This is who, what kind of brakes you get. And this is what's going on. And so here's the phone number. Wow. And I said, thank you so much. And he went on his way and we did the upgrade. So that's what it's like having that kind of team communication and being in the flow you Mm. feel very taken care of whereas i never felt taken care of before yeah yeah you're in accord with the universe and universal intention at that stage (laughs) (laughs) exactly but you tell if you just tell a random person these stories they're like that's strange and i'm like i know but it's natural that's that's my goal is to help people learn that it's natural well, that's it, the whole point it, of my podcast. <laughs> so. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So what's the difference between a psychic and a medium? How, how does that work? Oh, I love I love this question too, because it, just like imagination versus intuition, I kind of feel like if you have a, a visual or an analogy, you can start to feel the difference for yourself. Mm. When it comes to psychics, psychics, feel, see, and hear the energy around them. So they can pick up information on an area, a location, energy of a person, or the energy of like a a job situation or things like this. A medium, it's a direct communication with a, a conscious being. So my joke with my friends is that if I, like I'm very much medium and I've got a little bit of psychic but not enough to go pro with kind of thing. Right. And so my joke with my friends is that if I lose my car keys, I can't just close my eyes and tap into the energy of my car keys. I have to like wait for a deceased person to show up so I can say, Hey, do you know where my car keys are? That's really the difference between a psychic and a medium. And the analogy I use is if the person you were reading was like a body of water, like a lake, If you were psychic and you were going to read this lake, this person who is a lake, you would run off the end of the dock, jump into the water, swim around, and just tell them everything that you see, feel, and hear. Mm. Whereas if a medium was going to read this person, who in this analogy is like a body of water, they would walk to the end of the dock and they would stand there until a boat with a deceased person or a guide pulled up. They'd get in the boat. 
they would drive them over to the one spot in the lake and they'd say, okay, now dive in and learn about that. So mediums are very much in a conversation with and repeating and delivering information from a being, whereas a psychic can just submerse themselves in an area mm. and pick up information. Yeah, an area in time and space. Mm. Okay. Yeah. 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 So how does how so do you actually feels like a conversation? You're probably more medium. If yes. it feels like you're kind of submersed in it, then you're probably more psychic. Right. 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 I, I guess we're all a mix of the two in different degrees Absolutely. as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It would you fall somewhere on on the spectrum. I have psychic moments and I just think they're great because I have more mediumship moments than psychic moments. So Yeah, yeah. So how do you actually uh connect with your spirit guide? I mean, I, I've connected with mine in the past and did a lot of work with her and it was a very interesting time. Uh and uh I, I did test her when she first turned up and made sure she wasn't something else. <laughs> <laughs> and, and in time i learned a lot from her but i got to a certain stage where she said no you've got to have a human life i'm going to drop off for a while and she's disappeared for a while and uh it was it was very interesting times though i i'd had a lot of intuition a lot of psychic experiences and lots of a connection with all sorts of things and people in different dimensions but it all worked out to be really very interesting but um so for me that was a, a connection that just sort of happened after i did lots of meditation so what do you recommend as a way of connecting with a spirit guide i feel like you really nailed it on the head right there because you yes you did because the if somebody said to me what's the one thing that i can do my answer would be to uh on a repeat basis get quiet and allow Mm -hmm. So when you said like through a whole series of meditation that's exactly what it's about Guides are really about commitment. You do need to show up. Even if you show up once a day for just two minutes, you need Mm -hmm. to show up. When it comes to guides, in essence, they see everything coming for you and they know everything that's happened. And so, and they only have the job, not even only, I shouldn't say only, but they have the job of making sure that your wishes and your goals and your direction, that you're able to get there through signs or interactions um, interceptions, sometimes things like this. So they're working, they're working for you. And my analogy is that they're like the teachers in the teacher lounge, Yes, you know, and I'm like the student outside knocking on the door going, what's going on in there. Right. So with that said, when we are, when we approach guide communication, as if we are, we want to be on the team, that's different than when we approach guide communication, just wanting to know everything. And I say this out of experience. I say this because I remember when I first realized this is all real. This teaching guide is like legit because he would tell me things. And then the very next day they would happen. That's what happened. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And you have, you you think I can't even make this up. This is real. This is really happening to me. And it's exciting. (laughs) So then I came back literally with a list, I still have it in my journal, a list of all these questions I want to know. Like when I finally came to the conclusion that there was this being here that could just tell me anything, I sat down and I remember saying, what are my kids going to do when they grow up? How much longer are we going to live in this house? When am I going to get a new car? And you know what he said to me? He said, those are stupid questions. (laughs) And I was taken (laughs) up. Back. And you're laughing because you know you've had interactions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know I've done something like that. that. Direct, <laughs> right? 
Yeah. And I remember thinking, no, they're not. And he was yeah. like, yeah, they really are because they're going to happen. It's going to unfold. Ask me something helpful. And that's when I realized when I shifted my mentality from just wanting to know everything into let me be a part of the team, I can help. Then all of a sudden, more and more information came in. This is what you need. So instead of being that student pounding on the door, I was like, I could be a teacher's aide and come on in and actually help. Uh, Then they were like, yeah, come on in. So that commitment to helping your team help you is big. It's really big. And the meditation, like you said, that repeat, just get quiet and receive, quiet and receive. Again, my favorite sentence, what is it you want me to know? What is it? And see, now that I say that sentence, it makes more sense. What is it that you want me to know? Instead of what Mm -hmm. I want to know from you, what is it that you want me to know? And then all of a sudden, just it's, did you experience this? Like doors just opened, like windows right? Yeah, but I wasn't actually yeah. looking for a guide. I, I was really surprised. Yeah, <laughs> this, this extra like intuitive voice just popped into my head, and and it was female, and I was um, quite shocked by it. I was like, okay, okay, I'm probably crazy, but there's something here. And I asked questions and and felt it out, and it, it made sense to me. And I was like, okay, this is actually okay, and I'm pretty sure I'm not crazy. And I said, you need to prove to me several times that you are actually something rather than a bit nuts. And and she did. Yeah. She did some things. She said, "Okay, the next three minutes, this person's going to walk into the office, into the shop, and where you're working at the time, and and say this to you." And I was like, "Okay." And they did. And I went, "Oh, okay, that worked." Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I did that test a few times. I was like, "Okay, you're real." So, what do we do? And um, by being the person that just said, "Okay, what do you do? I'm here. Let's let's do it." Um, it, it opened things up, and my intuition just um, grew in leaps and bounds, and I had all sorts of phenomenal abilities that um, helped others at the time it was very interesting, very interesting times. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. yeah. It, I, I love that she was there to guide you and help you with that. They are all there for each of us. We all have our access mm. to, you know, and I work with people all over the globe. So I work with all different types of paths, religious, spiritual, um, my thing is one way is not the only way there's, we're all here to have all different ways. So let's just cheerlead each other on. Yes. And, you know, so it doesn't matter what you call it. It's what your heart connects to. So is it source? Is it guides? Is it spirits? Is it angels? It doesn't matter what you call it. It's mm. your connection. Mm. And when you can get that direct connection open, which is what I'm hearing you did. Yeah. Then it just, you just, you <laughs> you have that moment where you just smile and you're like, seriously, I can't make this up. Like that just happened. What's it was going surreal. On? It was surreal. I can say that. And uh, I didn't tell anyone at the time because it was just too off the wall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, and then you just keep having those moments and, and it helps. It does. People say, well, do you have to demand proof? If you really feel more comfortable with proof, it's okay to say to them, I'm on board. I'm working toward this. Any proof you can throw me would be really helpful. Uh, It would help me because they don't, guides and loved ones and source, they don't have the human judgment. Yes. So they're not approaching connection with you Mm -hmm. in any sort of judgment, right or wrong, good or bad. They're approaching the connection with you, getting you from A to B. Mm. 
And so when we realize that, we realize that it's, it is okay for us to say, Hey, I, I need a name for my guide. Yes. If you asked your guide what their name was, they'd be like, I don't know, pick one names. That's not really in the <laughs> realm of what we exist in. That's right. But, but guides love you enough to, to know that you need yeah. it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you, if you have like three guides at one time, for example, it's very common it's helpful to know the different names of the different guides and your guides will help you with assigning names because they know that that will help you. If it helps you, it helps them. That's yeah. all that matters. Well, look, mm -hmm. when, when she turned up, I, one of the first questions I asked, I said, why are you female and why do you look like that in my imagination? And she said, this is the most best form that you're going to listen to right now. <laughs> <laughs> And and I got that. I was like, okay, I'm hearing you. <laughs> well, it, it's true, isn't it? I remember yeah. there was, um, I, I really resonate with what you talked about when she said, I'm going to go for a little bit. Yeah. I really connected with that because my grandmother showed up. She was the, she started this whole thing off. Yes. I remember I, the, the next time I saw spirits after her, I was in a grocery store and there was three living people in the aisle and I wrote about this in the book. I turned and then I turned back and there was like six people and half of them were transparent. And I panicked because my skeptic 32 years of this isn't real brain went mm. right back into I'm in a horror movie. So I remember like running out of the store. Oh. I'm sure I made a complete fool of myself. And I got in the car. My grandmother was in the drive passenger seat. And she looked at me and she was smiling because I, I was able to see her again. I had worked so hard at, at communicating. I was able to see her again. Mm. And I was like, did you see that? And she was like, well, what did you think was going to happen? And I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. All right. So I'm just, I'm getting more comfortable with it. But yeah, I just got off on a tangent there. I don't know where we were going, but they will show you what you need to show to see. And they're going to connect with you. Oh, it was a guide. Uh, a few months after that, my grandmother said, I'm going to go for a bit. Oh. And I went, I went, well, well, hold on, time out. What? No, you don't have to go anywhere. You don't have time, right? There's no linear mm. time over where you're at. So you can be with me. And, yeah. and I learned later that it was good for her to leave for a period of time because I was really kind of using her as a crutch. And then another guide came in, female, and I asked for the name. And we finally settled on Nancy because... And she, I don't even know why, but she was so stern when she came through my vision of her that I created um, out of her energy really was she was carrying a clipboard with like a pen and she was like a, a checklist and she was just like rigid. <laughs> and I she remember being like, she went, yeah, it was very clear. Like she's, she's not going to mess around. Yeah. And she ended up being a really wonderful gift to me because she taught me things that I didn't realize that I was doing. Like I had a habit of saying things like this might, or, oh, this is going to sound funny, but, and it was so much a habit in my regular human life that I was saying that in readings and Nancy oh. would come in and go, really? You just said to this person, this is going to sound funny, but your deceased father's here. That doesn't sound funny. And I went, Ooh, wow. I can't believe that came out of my mouth. So she was like mm. grammar, Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> thankfully and she really kind of helped me um 
bring compassion into how I spoke and how I, mm. yeah, because before I was so business oriented and disconnected. Right, right. So she cleaned up your methods of communication so people understood you better. Yeah, she did. She was like, you really don't say dead, say deceased. You know, it's it's more loving. And I'm like, mm. I got it. Okay. And then I was able to connect and, and be on a deeper level with people because of it. But she was, yeah, she had that clipboard. I went to a card reader who picked up on her and it was hysterical because he <laughs> was such a good card reader he read a deck of 52 cards. It wasn't even tarot cards or anything. Yeah, right. He just pulled out a deck. Yeah. And I remember watching him thinking, really? And then, I mean, he was like, you have a female guide. She has a, like a clipboard. She has like a schedule for you. And I was like, oh. yeah, it was just shocking and wonderful. <laughs> time. So, yeah, I wow. love it. Yeah, yeah, it's a, I I think it's a it's a good thing that we connect with our spirit guides and our spirits that are around us that uh, uh could be recently deceased people or it could be people that have um even been your ancestors that actually have a story for you that you, that needs to be told through your life. So, yeah, it's important, yeah. definitely important work. And um so will people that actually take your course also be able to tune in and access and see deceased people as well? Uh, yes, yes, and that is a question that I get on both ends of the uh, both ends of the spectrum. On mm -hmm. one end, people are very excited for it, and they really hope that that will happen for them. Uh, the answer is absolutely yes. Um, on the other end of the spectrum, though, I do have people sometimes come to me and say, "I want to open up my intuition, but I don't want to see." any dead people. And I'm like, I got it. I, I totally hear you. I have been there. Uh, and in that situation, I tell people it's most likely going to happen. You should know that yes. um, because it's a very natural thing. And we have fear because we don't have a context for it. And I, I walked through it myself. What I can tell you is I have never over, over all these years experienced anyone see a spirit or a guide or anything and not be able to handle it. Oh, well, that's a good that, yeah. And I, and I kind of flipped the script on it for people to, to remind them they're not going to scare you out of this. They want to encourage you to be able to communicate. It makes their job easier, their connection easier with you. They're not going to do something to push you away. Mm. So the, the really scary thing I come from a generation from from the movie Poltergeist, so <laughs> we have <laughs> Me <too>. all the, <laughs> right. All the eighties were pretty hardcore with that stuff, so mm. um, yeah, it's fair. But yeah, it's a very natural thing. It's a mm. very natural thing, and when you set the intent to be able to to do that, it comes in naturally. Mm -hmm. And I think also too, as as you do tune up into these these sort of abilities that um, you also are able to set certain boundaries and say, well, not now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm doing something. I, I, I just want to watch this movie. Don't get in the way. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You definitely can do that because you start to get in tune with your energetic body. You start to get in yes. tune with the environment around you. Mm. And what this ends up feeling like, I would love to know if you feel this as well. What this ends up feeling like is when you've been in it enough and you've experienced enough of the spiritual flow, it starts to become 
a feeling of knowing when you're leaning into your human and when you're leaning into your spirit and where your focus is leaning into. And so if you want to watch that movie, you just lean a little harder into that human focus. I don't know if those words resonate with mm. how you experience it. Mm. I, I, I wouldn't call it a leaning. For me, it's more like a tuning. I feel like I, I tune some things out and then I can tune other things in. So it, you could say leaning for sure, for sure. Yeah, well, I like the yeah. tuning too. It's like a radio station. Like yeah, that's it, like a frequency. <laughs> Like a frequency. And yes, because if we think about this, the material world, the physical bodies, all the material items that we see visually with our eyes, those are all created out of molecules. Yes. And, and in essence, source is in between those molecules. So when we tune in, when we lean in or tune in to spirit, we're defocusing. Mm. And that's another tip that I tell people all the time, defocus. Yes. That's because we see something out of the corner of, eye, of our eye very clearly, and then we turn to see it and it's gone. The reason it's gone, it's not gone. You focused in on the material world. Yes. And that thing that you saw out of the corner of your eye is not in the material world. It's in yes. between the molecules. So relax your gaze, relax your focus, let the world kind of fall away. And that's where you see, feel and hear more. Yeah, that's definitely a, a change in frequency, uh, um, maybe even adding more space to yourself so then you can actually allow the other spaces in. Yes, mm. yes. So what's a spiritual tool that you can use to communicate with your spirit guides? I mean, what what tools would you recommend? Actually, I'm going to sort of piggyback off of what we were just you know, yeah. sharing with each other right now is if you can carve out two to five minutes a day, and sit in front of a blank wall. There's a reason why we want it to be blank, but sit in front of a blank wall and sit about three or four feet away from that wall. If you can do that and bring your gaze into the point that is immediately between you and the wall, this is going to force your gaze to defocus. Mm. When you do that, that is the act of letting this agreed upon reality that we exist in, the act of letting that go. That's where you stop focusing on the molecules and you start focusing on the space in between. So that defocus between you and a blank wall, the blank wall, because your mind is going to want to think about whatever's on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> so let it be blank. So your left brain just quiets down. But mm. first step, there's two, two simple steps. Allow yourself to defocus. The second one is to ask that beautiful question. What is it you want me to know? I guess there's three steps here. The third step would be, let it come in in any way that it can come in. Don't expect it to show up in a certain way. Drop yes. all expectations. So defocus with your intent that you're communicating with your guides. Defocus and then say to your guides, what is it you want me to know? And then let go of all expectations on how it's going to show up. Mm -hmm. Do this once a day, 10 days in a row, five minutes a day. That's it. Just commit. Change. Yep. Which gets us back to what you were saying earlier. It started to show up in meditation because yes. you were doing meditation on a regular basis. You were defocusing, Yes, you were allowing, and you were doing that on a repeat basis. That is the key to guide communication. Yeah. Well, mine actually happened in uh, the uh, lunchroom at work. I, <laughs> <laughs> I 
I was there like I, I had a space where I could be alone. So I was there alone and I went into my meditation space in, in, a, in a chair and over a period of six months, over nearly 45 minute meditations on, on six months. And um, I got to a point where I was coming out of a meditation one day and that's when she arrived and said, hello, you're going to be in this space for a while now. And I was like, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> now I've got to go back into the workspace. Okay. So it was it was quite interesting and very unusual, I would say, at the time. But um, it did change my life very positively, very positively. Very positively. Yeah. In essence, you let go of control and expectations. Yeah, And right. as a result of it, it came in. That's right. Made the space for it. Mm. Yeah. So, Bo, at this stage of the podcast, I usually talk a little bit about what's happening in the world right now and all of the chaos that's going on and all the craziness. And um, I, I ask um, my uh, guests, do you have any tips for people for getting through these times? Haven't these been interesting times? Oh, yeah. Let me tell <laughs> Wow, right? Yeah, a lot of people I waking mean, up. <laughs> I mean, in the category of you can't make this stuff up, right? Yes. The whole world has shifted. Uh, this is indeed uh, definitely a, a spiritual awakening and a spiritual shift. Absolutely. I am an analogy teacher. That's how I teach. And my analogy for these times is we had a bucket of water that was pretty stale and stagnant. And all of the chaos that happened in the world starting, you know, however many years ago, not, not too many years ago, we all know when it shook that bucket. And when it shook the bucket, we all woke up to realize that that bucket was half full of mud and gunk and dirt and slime. And we laid eyes on it. And what we thought was clear water because we weren't paying attention to it, we woke up and went, wait a minute. Now, I don't mean this necessarily on a political or global scale. I also mean this internally for every single person internally this happened. And we were forced to see some things about ourselves or our environment or our situation that we were not paying attention to. That's the kind of the mud and the silt and the dirt that came up. So... It's been uh, an invitation, both sometimes simple and sometimes painful, to really kind of pay attention to that bucket of water and clean it up the way that we wanted to clean it up. So mm -hmm. this is the first time in my lifetime that I've been able to witness people be able to make changes with a little less bravery than they had before because they were a little bit more forced to. Yes. So I, I hope that makes sense. But how this connects spiritually is that this has kind of pushed everyone's hand to see and show up for others. We've all been given the choice. Are you going to show up for somebody? Are you going to show up for this situation? Are you going to show up for this cause? Are you going to show up for yourself? Mm -hmm. Are you going to show up? Yes. And most everyone has said yes to that invitation and it's been a beautiful thing. So what, what you're going to see in the next couple of years, and I talk to my guide about this quite frequently. Um, you know, I, I touch base with him about what's coming up, what you're going to see over the next couple of years is you're going to see the people that did not take that invitation, um, you know, become the minority. And you're going to see the people that took the invitation to show up for each other and realize their actual connectedness to each other 
you're going to see more of that become the majority. And then you're going to see a shift in how we care for each other and how we uh, approach situations. It's been big. It's been very big. What I will tell you is, is we are over the hump. That's that's the way that they show it to me. We are over the hump. You can literally apply this for mm. a personal level all the way up to global, political, whatever you want to apply this to. It, it all falls in the same category. We are over the hump. Um, <laughs> we're all done with awareness. We've had enough of it. And <laughs> we are now at that stage of making choices and decisions. And everyone just in the last, not even year, like six months to 12 months, have started to walk their new walk. That's what this 2023 is, is everyone getting into the groove of walking the path that they actually want to walk instead of what they were trained to walk. And we're going to see big change in the next year and a half. It does sound like a, a revealing process and uh, very interesting times for sure. So, Bo, how yeah. do people find you and your your courses and your books? Um, do you want to give some uh, links and details for that? Yes, I, uh, I I do my best to keep everything at one hub, one yes. central location because it's the it easiest. Easy. Yeah. It, it really does. And it's a website and the website is uh, thesagemethod.com. So T-H-E-S-A-G-E method.com. Um, really, that'll show you all the different avenues, whether you're an avid book reader, go for the book. Uh, there is a free course on there called the top five intuitive tools. And you and I together have talked about two of them out of the five. Yeah. Uh, and so, and that's a free course. So if somebody just wants to just test out what they can yeah. do, like, you know what I mean? If they're just curious, but they just want a small step into it. Yeah. I always recommend that's the way to go. That's the way to start. That's the way to, you know, really kind of play around with what's possible for yourself, but the sage method.com. Excellent. Excellent. I'll, I'll, I'll put that link in the uh, show notes down below. And um, yeah, I just want to say thank you, so um, Bo. It's been so good talking to you. Um, I feel a kindred spirit here with um, us <laughs> yes. attempting to uh, uh, enhance and increase the um, people's connection to spirit and connection to themselves and their experience of life. Absolutely. I am so grateful that we connected. This was absolutely wonderful. Yeah. Thanks, Sage. Uh, I'm sorry, Sage. <laughs> sorry. Thanks, Bo. I'm going to take that as a huge compliment. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay. Well, I hope you have a uh, a good what's rest of your weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. All right. Bye for now. It was a pleasure speaking to Bo today. The truth that she speaks in her knowledge and understanding of intuition and connecting to spirits and connecting to spirit guides speaks volumes through the information and, and understanding that she shared with us. I'd suggest jumping on over to her website and joining up for the course. It would be a boon to you if you're interested in connecting with your intuition, with your guides, with um, your deceased uh, dearly beloveds. If you have something, a healing modality, an experience that you'd like to share on the show, please get in contact with me at supernormalized at proton.me. I look forward to having you on and listening to my next podcast next week. Until then, bye for now.